There is a war brewing in the Linux desktop world for dominance over how you install software between Snappy and Flatpak and the various ecosystems that sit on top of it. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. That war has been brewing for decades. Since the 1990s, the Linux package format war has been raging with ebbs and flows, with peaks and valleys, and with drastic changes to who the dominant players were. And yet never in all those years has the war ceased. Never has it settled. Never has a victor been crowned. And I, I want to dive into it today because there's some interesting stuff happening in this war. And the history of it is fascinating. This is the Lunduke Journal of Technology for March 8th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. So let's go back in time. Let's put Flatpak and Snappy and Flathub and Snapcraft and let's put all that stuff off to the side for now. Some of you out there are like, I use Arch. This doesn't apply to me. <laughs> let's, put, let's put all that stuff aside for now. And let's go back in time a little bit. Because there have been efforts over the years to commercialize, a, to produce a commercially viable software store on top of Linux. There have been several attempts, and all of them, every single one, with, with one exception, which we'll get to, has been a colossal, massive failure. Everyone, with one exception. <laughs> let's, go back, let's go back to the first big attempt at this. There were a few minor attempts beforehand, but nothing significant. The first big attempt came from Lindos, later renamed to Linspire. They created, they had to change their name because Lindos was Linux Windows combined together, a little portmanteau of those two words. And Microsoft was like, no, 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 no. You're not going to use the Windows branding there, son. And while they were, they not only were they creating something that was named close to Windows, they had it themed so it looked kind of like Windows. I mean, the early Lindos builds, it was, it was Linux looking like Windows. I don't know if you were, were around in the late 90s and the, into the like 2006, 7, 8, 2009, that, that, that period of time. But the most popular themes for every desktop environment and window manager, bar none, by a huge margin, are themes that make it look like Windows. No joke. In fact, to this day, the most downloaded theme for KDE ever is one that makes it look almost exactly like Windows XP. It's not a joke. Just random tidbit of side note. Anyway, so Lindos was trying to make this Windows user-friendly Linux distribution. And along with it, as part of their business model, they created what they called the Click and Run Store. And Click and Run Store had its package format and allowed people to easily install software in a nice graphical store. And honestly, they did a, a, a halfway decent job of it. It was rough around the edges. Performance was a little lacking, but it, it worked. And people could buy software that way. 
And of course, the Lindos, later Linspire guys, could take a little cut of it, and that would be their their profit margins. It, it was it was a reasonable approach. I mean, not unlike what Google and Apple have done with with their side of things. It was a failure. I mean, it it was a a massive failure. It, they 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 tried to make it a a general thing that would work on a variety of Linux distributions when their own Linux distro, Linspire, just wasn't going anywhere. So people could download and use Click and Run via the well, this web interface and then this desktop app that you could install. It just, it never took off. It never clicked. And there was probably a thousand reasons for that. Some of it was UI design that was off-putting for a lot of Linux users. There was issues with convincing Linux users at the time to shell out money for anything. Uh, it, it, it was a real up-and-down sort of thing. I mean, Linux Press at the time, it's really interesting to look at it and compare it to today. Because even the tech journalists that are still working today that happened to be working back then... If they are today very, very corporate, back then they were extremely anti-Lindos. They were extremely anti-click and run and the idea of paying for Linux software. It's, it's fascinating how that's, how that's changed over the years. But anyway, click and run didn't, didn't quite make it. So flash forward uh, just a couple years, very few years. In fact, Click and Run was still trying to make a go of it during this time, but it was kind of fading out. And Canonical, with Ubuntu, decided to make the Ubuntu Software Center. And nowadays, the Ubuntu Software Center is still around, but at that time, they were really trying to make it so it would be your software store. So you could buy software, buy PDFs and magazines and all sorts of things right there from the Ubuntu Software Center, right? Now, I'm in a fairly unique position to judge how this went. Because for a very significant part of the lifespan of, of the Ubuntu Software Center, I was either in the top 10 or the number one most sold publisher on that platform. Now, even at times when I was the number one top selling thing or the number seven top selling thing, and I, if I, if I had been in that ranking on that, that top 10 of the chart on say the modern Google play store, or iOS app store, boy, would I have a lot of money right now? I would be buying several skull shaped volcano islands, building fortresses and lairs and becoming a supervillain. I would have put lasers on sharks levels of money here, but we're talking about a couple hundred bucks like in total, right? It, it was, it was, it was pitiful. It was, it was, it was, it was terribly pitiful. In fact, if memory serves, and I haven't checked into this for a while, I think they even they even still owe me some money from that, but I don't even have a clue how much that was. They had so much internal problems at the time. I remember that my main contact disappeared at one point, and then it turns out that someone else had to step in to try and figure out how to generate the royalties for the people who actually published things through the Ubuntu Software Center when it was selling stuff, and it was all handled via some sort of a spreadsheet, and they, they just couldn't quite figure it out. It was just some sort of a mess, and no one knew where any of the data was, and it was just a mess. It was a nightmare. 
And eventually I just gave up and walked away from the gosh darn thing. In fact, I couldn't even get my stuff delisted on it. They couldn't figure out how to do that for a while. It was a technological, engineering, marketing, and in every other way, catastrophic failure. Canonical just screwed that pooch over every which way from Sunday. Now, why? Why was it a failure? For every reason I just stated. It had performance issues. The the software center was slow. It was buggy. It wasn't that good looking. Discoverability was kind of hard. It didn't work all that well. Plus, there was the added thing that, that a lot of people just weren't eager to use software centers, software online stores on Linux. While at that time, there was a thriving, if not very small, shareware and commercial software scene in the Linux world, which I was a part of. It which showed that Linux users were willing to support software, both open source, free software, and closed source software. Linux users weren't super keen on using a software store to do it. That bugged people. And the, the press just didn't get behind it, and it just never went anywhere. Well, flash forward a little bit. Elementary OS tried the same thing. They tried to build their own, their own app store and people could buy and sell stuff through the app store. Again, the numbers were crazy low. The adoption rate was extremely small. But then along came Valve and Steam. And they created what to date has been the only successful launch of a Linux-based software store. Period. People have tried this many times, but it has never quite worked. Now, Steam had an edge. They had a giant library and an absolutely mammoth user base, many of whom were ready to start day one using it on Linux, right? And so they were in a bit of a different position. So they launched, and to this day, you got Steam on Linux. In fact, that's what the Steam Deck and Steam OS, it's all Linux, right? So we've got that. That works. But other than that one single example, all the other attempts have failed catastrophically. Now, and then flash forward to today, to right now. And what we've got is Flatpak versus Snappy in the app format wars. There are lots others. RPM and Debs and everything else is still around. There's still there's still various portages and eports and blah, 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 blah. there's there's everything. Multiple versions of RPM. They're all over the place. There's app images. But realistically, the stuff with the support, the stuff that has the, the momentum in terms of mindshare or the stuff that the companies are just determined to make happen come hell or high water, we've got really snappy and flat pack. Now, flat pack has something interesting going for it in that it's really pushing to be extremely cross distro, right? And flat hub being the software store. 
has even been making big strides towards uh, purchasing and paying. They have they're doing some Stripe integration so people can buy software through it. And their success is significant. To date, there's over 2,000 applications on FlatHub packaged as Flatpak. And they are currently averaging, last I heard, well over 700,000 downloads of applications via their store, via FlatHub, every day. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. 700,000 is a lot. And that's impressive. Now, Snappy, we don't know. We, we really don't know because Canonical is keeping everything about Snappy and Snapcraft and all that stuff, all the Snap packaging things, as close to their vest as possible, which tells me that the numbers aren't great. And in fact, Canonical is getting so desperate to make sure people don't use Flatpak and Flathub, that they're by default trying to make sure you don't use it on Ubuntu or any Ubuntu respins and just have Snappy. That seems to be backfiring on them. Because people in general aren't loving Snappy packaging. And there's so many technical problems with some of the applications packaged as snappy packages, like Firefox. Firefox in Ubuntu is still, to this day, and I harped on this last year, Linux Sucks 2022, I was making fun of this, where performance of Firefox in Ubuntu was abysmally slow compared to packaged the same binaries packaged in different ways. There were problems printing software. There was problems saving to PDF. There was all sorts of compatibility problems because of the way Snappy Sandboxing worked and the details of how they packaged it. And to this day, many of those bugs still exist and the performance of Firefox, when installed and run via a Snappy package, are seriously not Snappy. See what I did there? It's pretty tight. It's pretty tight, right? They're not fast. I mean, the, the difference is not like it's, you know, 87 times slower, but it's slower. And people notice, noticeably slower. So this is a problem that, that Canonical and Ubuntu are facing. They have a real upstream battle ahead of them with trying to unseat Flatpak and Flathub that has, without question, the momentum in this race. I think the, the only way that that I think another option could come in, another store, another format could come in and and really dominate in the paid software store space is if Valve decided that Steam was really going to start pushing more non-game software, which, you know, you can already buy non-game stuff through Steam. But if they really started pushing that and developers got behind it in, in a big way you know, for Linux desktop apps. I think that's really the only uh, only competitor that FlatHub and Flatpak are going to have in the near term. Because Canonical does not, not only are they positioned poorly with Snappy, which I, I'm going to be very clear, Snappy has its technical merits. It has its good points. 
it is just simply not winning in the desktop application space. It's not performing well in that space and people aren't adopting it. Fun little little side note. Just a historical tidbit here. So I used to be on the board of directors for OpenSUSE. Uh, I, I worked at SUSE for a number of years, and I was on the board of directors for OpenSUSE. I was kind of, for a period of, of several years, I was, for all intents and purposes, like kind of the public face of, of SUSE Linux and, and OpenSUSE Linux. At one point, I was contacted by a project manager at Canonical. Because they really thought it would be interesting to start getting snappy packaging working on other Linux distributions. Because at that point, it really didn't. It just it just didn't. In theory, it could have. But it, at that point, it wasn't there yet. And so they contacted, this was quite a few years ago. So they contacted me because I was on the board of directors and I was kind of the, the guy, right? I was I was the I was the guy writing the 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 goofy music parodies and all the Sousa Linuxy stuff. So they contacted me, and I'm like, look, you know, I don't think, and this is basically what I told them. I'm paraphrasing. I told Canonical, I don't think anyone who runs Sousa Linux would object to you making snappy packaging work on Sousa, Open Sousa, and Sousa Linux. I just can't think of anyone who wants to do that work for you. And they basically went, oh. Two days later, they issued a press release stating that they were collaborating with OpenSUSE and Red Hat and Fedora and all these other projects. And I'm sitting here reading this press release. I'm like, like, who the heck do they think they're collaborating with? I had, I did like two emails back and forth where we stopped and basically said, you know what? Do you have someone who's actually going to do the work? Cause no one around here is interested in snappy. And that's where it ended. I'm like, is there someone else? No, I was it. I was the only person they talked to. They just straight up lied. They literally lied to everyone in the Linux community that that OpenSUSE Linux was working with them. So I reached out to a friend of mine over on Fedora. Turns out he was the one guy over on Fedora that people had reached out to, uh, that, that Canonical had reached out to about Snappy as well. And he'd had an almost identical conversation where he basically, he blogged about it and everything. He's like, he's like, um, um, he's like, you know, I guess Snappy's fine, but I don't know anyone at, at, in the Fedora project that's, that's super interested in it right now. And we're doing a release right now. So I don't know how we have time to, to expand so that we can help, uh, you know, update things in Snappy. So they work on Fedora and that's where it ended. That's literally where it ended. But Canonical stood out there and puffed up its chest and said, we work with everybody. We're currently collaborating intensely with OpenSUSE and Fedora. And they lied. <laughs> so when I, when I look at what Canonical and Ubuntu are up to in terms of packaging and app stores and everything else, uh they just have such a terrible history and track record in this regard. Their software center was a massive, catastrophic failure. They, they couldn't get people to use it. 
when they could, it didn't work right, and when it did sometimes function for people to make purchases, they couldn't figure out. It took them months, sometimes they just never figured it out, with spreadsheets and everything, to figure out how to actually pay the publishers. And then with Snappy, in the beginning, shoot, they just straight up lied with people, lied to the whole public about them working with other distributions. I don't see how Canonical and Ubuntu overcome that massive problem that they that they're facing. And I look at the the intense I mean the significant significant momentum that FlatHub has. And FlatHub's not perfect. But I look at the momentum they've got. They've got um, at least a certain level of tentative endorsement and interest from KDE, from GNOME, from a bunch, a bunch of people and a bunch of projects. This seems like it could be the first possible victor in this battle, in this war that has been raging for years and years and years. Ranging from Linspire and Lindos all the way to today, nobody has ever seemed to have a victory in sight. Flathub has a chance. It's not perfect. I'm not ready to fully endorse it myself. But looking at where it's gone and the the momentum it has, and the people and the organizations that are behind it, and the fact that it's only real competitor on the snappy side just doesn't look like it it's gonna make it. I, I'm I'm interested. I'm curious to see where this goes from here. I'm going to be watching extremely closely. <laughs> Again, the only way a total dark horse shakeup could happen here is if Valve declared that, you know what, we don't just sell games anymore. I mean, they I know they already sell some desktop apps, but we're going to focus on that. And all of the, the Linux shareware, Linux commercial software, everything starts selling things. You can start buying IDEs and development tool t- tools via the via the Steam store. If that happens, well, I don't know. I don't know. That could have some really interesting ramifications. And then I would it would be interesting to see a matchup between Steam and Flathub. Very different platforms with very different purposes and agendas. But that could be fascinating just the same. Anyway, I wanted to I wanted to run down this because I, I've been watching this really closely. And it's 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 tons of fun. <laughs> I, I I catch whiffs of the various strategies used by click and run in Lindos every now and then, and I go, ha ha! I remember this. I remember, I remember one time, uh, I was doing a show called the Linux Action Show. Back in I want to say 2006 or 2007, and the CEO of of uh, of Linspire because they just changed their name, I think. Um, I might be getting my years mixed up here, but I believe they just changed their name, came on the show, and we had a really interesting conversation with him. He knew what he wanted. It was fascinating to hear the CEO of, of Lindos and Linspire talk so clearly about creating a really viable software store in the Linux space so that software developers could make money. And to see people so overtly reject that idea at the time. 
And now here we are in 2023, and I don't think people reject that idea so much anymore. But there's just no winner. The companies and the organizations have to date just not been able to pull it off. But maybe Flathub will. Maybe maybe the time is right. Maybe the technology is is just happening at the right moment for Flathub to take off. We'll see. We'll see. All right, everybody. Uh, head forth into your world and do super nerdy, nerdy things. Uh, if you if you have not caught it yet, make sure you grab the big Sunday show. Two hours of nerdiness, my friends. Uh, this last Sunday was the inaugural big episode of it. The thing that will ultimately turn into the big radio show. The first episode was great. I had a great time. The second episode, I think, is going to be polished up even better. I'm really excited for that coming this Sunday. If you haven't already sent in questions, the whole second hour is questions from you guys. So send in your questions. Email them to me. Send them to Brian with a Y at lunduke.com or you can go to lunduke.locals.com and and send in your questions that way i've got a little little post there right now pinned to the top every week i'll ask you for more questions so this won't be your last chance but go ahead and get it in we'll see if it makes it into this week's show and uh, that's all she wrote everybody thank you again for your support thank you again for being the nerdiest happiest funnest people on this green earth of ours and with that i do declare end podcast